Hello and welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. I am the aforementioned Bedlam, DM of this story-driven, semi-edited, real-play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Bedlam Social Hour does contain adult language and occasionally deals with mature situations. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue our story. We hope you enjoy. Last time on Bedlam Social Hour, the party finally finished partying, but not after they were able to coax a bit more lore concerning the demon Azrulion out of their new bardic friend, Ganoff. As Brax gathered his things, Tylor moved to help him, and, unbeknownst to the woodsman, ended up in possession of the necklace bearing Gwendolith's blood ruby. They then secured lodging at a nearby inn, and attempted to sleep off their overindulgence. In the morning, the majority went to see what wares the artificers of Ekana had to offer, and to find the mystic gnome Clotra to have her send another message to Grinzander. Tylor opted to stay back at the inn and spend some time in contemplation with the aforementioned procured blood ruby. After a brief shopping spree, Nirmalnir experimented with his recently acquired ability of flight by testing his in-flight carrying capacity. Grom was spared from any injury by his newly purchased parachute, while Nirmalnir practiced his albatross impression. After that, they returned to the inn to wait until the hour Clotra would be available to see them, and it is here we will resume our story with the group returned, only to find Tylalor in a catatonic state, having obviously communed too closely with Gwendolith, the ruby, and its enigmatic soul magic. Damn it, girl. What have you gotten yourself into? There's still no sign from her. No. All right, I'm going to go lay her down where she can be comfortable, and then I want to go look for the ruby. Roll perception. Oh, don't you betray me now, Dice. Can I look for the ruby, too? Absolutely. 18. Aha. Oh, no. I am blind. Hold on. Damn it. <laughs> Eight. 23. All right, Brax, you see Grom after he, 50s businessman, slept. And there's no response. You see Grom frantically start searching around the floor around her. Roll insight. 14? Yeah, you put two and two together and you know that Grom is looking for a blood ruby. You see grasped in Tylalor's hand a necklace. A familiar necklace. A necklace that was once in your possession. You think for a moment, wait a minute, how'd that get there? But she is grasping the necklace by the tether with the ruby dangling about six inches lower than her hand. All right, so... uh. I guess, hey, Grom, you, it's 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 right here, and I'll I'll go over and, and I'll take the ruby, if I beat him to it. I won't try to grab it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't die for it. Once you see the location of said ruby, you can move to grab it if you'd like. All right. What happens? Is she there? Are you taking it from her? Or are you just grab. I just want to touch it. I want to see if she's in it. Contest of wills. Uh, if it's hers, then I want to know it. As you touch the ruby, you've touched these in the past, and you know that sometimes. They accost your entire being. The entity wants to enter you. But this time, you're not quite sure it's because you're looking for that feeling, but it is very, very faint, and it is not familiar. Doesn't feel like Tylalor. As much as you can get a personality from just touching the stone, it doesn't feel like much. I'll withdraw. Let's have an insight roll. 17. 
with the 17 initially you thought did that feeling is that was is that because i was i wanted that feeling to be there but no there's there's something in the ruby but it is not fighting you the way that some of those other blood rubies have fought you in the past for your driver's seat so i just felt like it didn't fight me but i couldn't necessarily feel that it was or wasn't her correct you're not sure you didn't get any semblance of a personality out of it all you know is that that feeling that tried to overcome overpower however these blood rubies work was very minimal well i don't know i don't know what she's done i don't need first you shouldn't be touching those rubies you know that right like and i'll now i'll take that ruby we'll hand it over Pelor let's go easily enough be careful with it i don't know if it's her or not but uh i guess usually someone disappears or, or something more catastrophic happens i guess uh maybe is it because there's two people in here did you feel them when you were touching it or or it was something so faint felt like almost nothing oh, that's Definitely weird not the strength of attack i felt from them before but what what do we know of these rubies you have to like is there some spell you have to say to to if we put it on somebody well i'm not really sure well here's a question for you when you grab them you feel nothing well no i don't feel, but my god helps me he he protects me so so even though he's protecting you you're not able to feel i guess yeah i'll grasp it and try to feel something no you you're familiar enough with the artifact that you wear around your neck that you can't bypass it with mental effort if you want to bypass that you have to take it off yeah i don't i mean i don't feel nothing with this thing nay and right now it's just myself and braxton here i was just about to ask well, I thought everybody followed us in. Obviously, if he stood there and answered Brax's question, but I'm standing there just watching. I've never, I've seen this happen once, and I'm just kind of standing back and watching. So she's still, she's in a trance, just sitting there. Just standing there, a thousand yards there. Brax, have you ever seen something like this before with blood rubies? Well, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen this, uh... I mean, we've seen people disappear from just, you know, getting sucked into these rubies before, but I guess I'm not sure about the, the, the thing that's confusing to me is the two people in there. Um, I'm, I'm half tempted to have one of you guys try touching this ruby as well and see if you don't get sucked in there, but that's kind of, it's kind of scary a little bit. I don't know why Grom didn't get sucked in there. I would, I would ask if you asked uh, Miramonir to touch that. You know, I don't like the magic, so you should, you should have that hey, guy. Hey, Miramonir, you want to see if you can see Tyler Lauren here? I'm going to hold my hand out and open palm for you to drop it into my hand. Dang, guys. So I'll drop it, but I'll hold on to the chain, right? So it, it hits his palm, but I'm, I'm holding the chain. Miramonir, roll me a willpower save. Oh, no. Minus 12 for hangover. I'm going to see if the dice really want this to go this way. Uh, 13. Well, as you, Peyton, heard previously, there is a compulsion as it hits your palm. You feel your consciousness waver ever so slightly. You're paying attention to any effect that you're going to get from touching this thing, so you're aware. But it's very easily overcome, but it's not even something that you have to work to overcome. It's almost like how we react when we're startled by a spider or something along those lines. It's just, uh, oh, no, thank you. Your subconscious repels it, and you let go. I felt something, but it didn't feel overly compulsive or anything like that. You didn't hear Tyler Lore or, uh... Carrie, would you just roll me a d20, please, and tell me what that number is? Fifteen. Okay, thank you. Carry on. Or that other one, uh, Gwendolith. You didn't feel her in there at all? No, it... I didn't 
feel anything really definitive out of it. It's just kind of there. What if you touch the stone to Tylalor? You want? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Um, I'll go over and I'll touch it to Tylalor. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know what you want to do here. Um, and at this point, Tylalor regains consciousness. Hey guys, when did you get here? When did you get here? I mean, I've been here. Uh, no, you haven't, love. What do you mean? I'm going to point over towards the stone Brax is holding. Yeah, you were uh, kind of in that little like freeze state that you know them folks get when you touch these rubies to them. Oh, really? Yeah. I was thinking about Gwendolyn, and uh, I don't know. I just woke up to you guys being back. It was it was pretty freaky because uh, I've never I guess I've never seen someone just pop out of that state before. Um, so I'm not I'm confused at what's going on. Thought we'd lost your love. You haven't lost me to this point. Why would you lose me now? Well, I didn't know where you were, but you weren't here. You didn't even flinch when Grom slapped you. We don't have to talk about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> we're just glad you're back. I'm glad you're back, too. Damn it, Marminer. I just found out she likes me still. <laughs> <laughs> like you? I love you. Well, I'm glad you're back. I was about to be running out to Auntie Miriam's. Yeah, I don't think there's any need for all that. Uh, roughly what time of day was it again? Late morning. Late morning, I. <sighs> well, now that my heart's pumping, what do you all feel like doing for your day? I need to go talk to Clotra at some point. It's about that time, isn't it? She said midday. I think it's still a little early. Might not be by the time we get there. I think I want to go alone for this. Hi. Tylalor, do you remember how much she charged us last time we tried to send something? Uh, I, I don't know. There's so much that happened last night. All I remember was the really big tab you guys left us. It wasn't that big. It's only a couple of bottles of devil spit. That was mostly Grom, too, just just so we're clear. Yeah, if you're pointing fingers, point at your husband. <laughs> that stuff might have gotten a little on top of me, I'll admit. Well, if it's because of him, it's just fine. Well, you're in a chipper mood this morning, which probably makes it a fine time to tell you I, I lost all our money again. What do you mean you lost it? What happened? Well, I, I was thinking about what you told me. About getting an eye and all. Man, I put it towards uh, purchasing one. Well, that doesn't sound like it's lost then. Well, I don't have all the money for the eye. And I don't have any of the money it gave me. So, yeah, that's about what I'd call it. <laughs> Did that all go to just the eye? Well, no. We bought some type of backpack. And a stick. And uh, I'm going to look over and hope the bird was not. I'm going to leave that up to the dice. So why don't you go ahead and roll me a d20. That's the one that doesn't like me. (laughs) Here's another one for you. Ah, two. It's broken. (laughs) I bought you this bird with one wing. Half price. Oh, it's cute. What's it do? I think it birds. (laughs) You see that there's a little uh, key in it that uh, could potentially wind it up to make it do something. I'll wind the key up. It produces a song, and I would say there's one note that's a little bit discordant, but for the most part, it's a nice little tune. Well, I just love that you thought about me. Sorry I broke it. I panicked when I saw you. What are you doing with that, Ruby? 
Well, it's just Gwendolyn. I'd like to keep her near if possible. Not quite ready to let her go yet. I imagine that she would be stronger. I, I mean, touched the stone and it was weak, like passive. No fire there. Well, I have beaten her will at least once before. I haven't. Just interesting as all. Her knuckles touched it too. Molly, you touched it too? Had we touched it to you? No effect anywhere. Hmm. I don't know. I would like to get her her body back if we can. Can I roll an insight to see if anything seems off with Tyler Lord? Absolutely. You have to roll it if you think it already has a player. <laughs> Eight. Obviously, the state that you found her in was a little abnormal, but behavior-wise, I don't think anything's sticking out to you. She is pretty chipper, though, eh? I guess Brax would have rolled one, too, if you can. You're okay. Yeah. On this person that you've known for, what, two days now? Yeah, not very long, but it's a 20, so... She does seem chipper. I've never seen her chipper before. I'm thinking about how she's behaved in the past. She's usually been kind of a hardline... Scrooge McDuck. Jeez. <laughs> Quit screwing around, you know. Come on, guys, get it together. Type of uh, type of mentality. So, um, I don't think she ever said "I love you" before, out loud, or in my hearing, either. I don't know, just little pick up things like that. Yeah. Sure. Well, in that regard, but I think we've been divorced Carrie, for most of the time. Are you okay with my assessment, or do you have anything to add to that? No, I think that's good. I will say just to follow up there, the things that you've noted as Mark. That's about what you get with the twenty. Okay, cool. I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna head outside for a minute. It's it's kind of getting stuffy in here. I'm gonna walk out with Brax. Yeah, I'm walking out of the room and I'm just gonna go outside. I'll stay in. As we're walking out, I'm gonna talk to Brax. Uh, Brax, I think uh, we should probably not let her touch that stone for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking so too. She's acting weird, man. Very weird. We don't need to deal with that anytime soon yeah i just i mean you don't think it's the other one do you i hope not she knows a lot of well maybe we should ask her questions see if she knows stuff about us although we don't know much about her no that we don't but if we ever let her touch the stone again i think it should be supervision of the group yeah if she I, wants to see gwendolith again if it's not tylalor in there and this gwendolith in that room yeah i agree I, I don't even know how she got the stone from me uh she must have swiped it from me yeah, there was, there was a lot of drinking last night, so could have been that too. <laughs> Lots of devil spit. Yeah, Meryl Muneer, what, what, how are you feeling about Tyler Lore? You think she's acting weird at all? As far as I can tell, she seems normal to me. Well, shoot, you've known her longer than we have, so man, what's that say? Is there any questions you can ask her to figure out if, if it really is Tyler Lore and not Gwendolyn? Maybe, I. I don't know. Maybe when this fog clears from my mind, I can think of something better, but I don't know right now. I will say also that, near you're probably pretty focused on wanting to talk to Clotra. And I am still extremely hungover. We will cut back to the room at the end. Hi, <sighs> love. You seem pretty chipper this morning. Yeah. Good to see you. I feel like you've been kind of down lately. Well, we have been through quite the adventure, but I did get some good sleep last night. It's good to see you happy. <sighs> but what do we do now? Any idea on how we root out this Medlock fella? Well, he's out there in the Ruby Hills somewhere. I know he's definitely should be 
our next uh, point of action. I may have set a detour in front of us at some point. The lady I was talking to, crafter of these things, she said she needed part of some giant monster out east in the desert. Am I fixing to go kill it? She said she could make me an eyeball that let me read this book. As I hold it up again, I just got to see what's happening. Will it allow you to see more than just that book? I'll be honest, I don't know. Seems amazing that somebody could even just make anything that would do that. Magic is incredible. Well, I feel like I'd like to sort this medlock fella out first. Absolutely. Should I go get us supplies? Or do you have any ideas? Supplies, isn't that what you guys went to town for? Yeah, but we didn't get any for travel. I'll be honest, the, the money was gone as fast as I got it. <laughs> you shouldn't let me carry that stuff, love. <laughs> it just doesn't mean the same to me as it does to you. Hmm, that's fair. Maybe we should go to town together. We can get supplies. And then we really should be heading out as soon as possible, I think. I like it. Sorry I broke your bird. That's okay, I love it anyway. For that, I'll gather my stuff up and uh, we will cut back outside. I'm just going to start walking and uh, head towards uh, Clotra's house. I'm just going to follow you, even though you <laughs> <laughs> Do I notice him following me? or? Oh, I'm talking, yeah. Oh, you're talking <laughs> as we're walking. I'm not trying to hide. So wh- which way are we going here? I'm going to look back and think to the both of them, this is something I need to do alone. Oh, but why? I mean, we can at least come to the house with you. <sighs> We don't have to go inside. We can just hang outside and shoot the breeze. Fine. Fine. I know you love me. I'm just gonna keep walking. You guys did bond last night. So. Yeah, but I'm... I've got a headache. Tail grabby, grab ass. <laughs> <laughs> Very intimate thing when dragonborn touch each other's tails. <laughs> I don't have a tail, so I don't know what he was touching. The you were touching tail. his. <laughs> it makes it even more special. You will. V, how'd you get pregnant? I don't even know that was possible. Well, it's a weird thing with us gold dragonborns. Uh... Oh, you're like a seahorse. Think really hard, you have the part you want. Okay. Grom and Tyvalor, do you do anything to catch up with the other three, or you're going to just go to the general store? Or what, what do you think in there? Yeah, I'll go catch up. All right, I feel like you guys get outside and you see them. They have had their conversation. Mirmolnir has moved to go find Clotra, and so, like, oh, there they are, about an eighth of a mile down the road. So I'm just going to follow along. Uh, during the course of getting everything ready and then making it outside and starting on the path to go catch up, I want to reach into my pouch and pull out that green gem. Be like, I kept I kept this green one, love. Mm. By chance, do we have another one of these? How many do you have left? Five. I'm going to roll a die for that. I'm not sure. Let me check my pouch. Nope. No, looks like that was the last one. Hey. It was a natural one, just for the record. Rolling it for me seems fitting. (laughs) (laughs) So now, why would you want to get Gwendolyn's body? Well, I mean, she was my general, and our goal through this whole thing has been to restore the souls to the bodies, yeah? Hi. (laughs) Grom's just gonna nod and kind of soak that in. I feel like uh, you guys have kind of increased your pace to not run and overtake the other three, but just eventually catch up. I just kind of heavily sigh as I have a master parade following me. <laughs> You'll be okay, big fella. Hey, fellas. Ah, and all the hubbub yesterday. We forgot to get any of the supplies for searching these hills. 
you remember where the general store was? Ah, the sun is still killing me. As you are walking by the general store. That one's in words. I can't read that sign. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Grom, it's right there. Ah, wonderful, you found it. Oh, good. Shall we go in? Hi. Yeah, I guess we can go in there. I guess we'll leave you alone, Mirlanir, to take care of your business. We're going to go shopping. Thanks. So the four of you depart into the general store? Mm-hmm. All right, you walk into the general store. I don't have it prepared, but we're, we'll wing it. All right, you walk into the general store. There is an older uh, brown-haired gnome uh, behind the counter. Dealing with a customer, she just looks like she's buying some sundries. I hope your uncle feels better. It's, uh, you know, take care, and we'll see you next week. Oh, hello. Hey, hello. Well, what can I do for you? Well, we're going to need some supplies for a trip. Well, hopefully I have what you need. But I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure where we're going. Hmm. We're going to go explore the Ruby Hills for a bit. Fair. Any idea what kind of terrain we'll be dealing with? Um, are you going north or east? Well, actually, east would be better. Hmm. Ruby Hills are east as well. It's in general area. Um, so... The Ruby Hills, in terms of uh, uh, hills, as you think of hills with trees and whatnot in hilly country, um, that, that's more north. If you're planning on going east, um, there's a bit of a desert spot. Well, we got to go to the desert, right? Hey, we do. I suppose it's as good a place as any to look for Medlack. We might be on the edge of, of the hills. Medlack? Uh, name ring a bell to you. Yes, I've heard that name before. Uh, who would you hear from? Hmm, his, uh, I guess I'd be reluctant to call him uh, a second, but uh, for lack of a better term, his second comes in and procures sundries and whatnot. He's very vocal about the fact that he is uh, Medlack's main guy. Um, that's, uh, do you, you happen to know uh, where, he, where he's staying at? Well, obviously not in town. Well, when they pick up supplies, do they pick up supplies that would better help them in the east or in the north? That's fair. I see your question there. No, interestingly enough, it's uh, generally just some some hard tack for traveling, and then but for the most part, uh, he bounces around town. But if I had to judge what he was up to by um, the supplies that he buys, I would say they have some sort of domestic establishment somewhere not too far from here. How often do they come in? Probably once every two or three weeks. How long has it been? Usually pretty big order. Uh, it's been about a week. No sense in trying to wait for him, then? Well, I mean, not necessarily, because we got that eye coming, and my bow is going to take about that long, too, I think. So if we go to that desert and kill that creature, then we'd be able to get, like follow him back. Assuming that's going to take us the same amount of time as it requires for him to come back. Well, yeah, I guess that would be pretty lucky, but uh, we could... Well, how about you, sir? Maybe you could you could ask him where he's staying next time he comes into town uh, mm. so that we could... Because we're friends of Medlax. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. You're friends of Medlax. Yeah, and we're trying to bring him... Roll deception. Uh, 20. Okay. Friends of Medlax. Also, everybody uh, roll me a perception. Nine. <laughs> 14. 19. 19. Uh, 19 and the 14. Braxton Valreal notice at the mention of friends with Medlack and trying to run that deception you see Tylalor roll her eyes hard. The shopkeeper says oh uh, what brings you to town then? He obviously has believed you and is obviously now a little bit apprehensive of you. Uh, well really the best we know uh, last time we were speaking to him is a few months ago he, we knew that he was here so we're just we're looking for him but you know, no one has good directions 
to his uh, to where he's staying. So that's kind of what brings us here. I'm afraid I can't help you with that. Sure. What, what if that guy comes back though? Can you can you ask him to? I suppose I could tell him that you were looking for him. I don't think you should do that. I think I'd like to kill them outside of your town. I thought you said you were friends. He said we're friends. And but this whole friend of my friend, enemy of my friend, how's it go? Uh, a friend, if you're a friend of my, no, that's not how it goes. If you're an an, an enemy of my enemy, then you are my friend. I forget how it goes. Why are you two hanging out? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna walk out the store. <laughs> <laughs> well, you scared off your client, and I'm gonna kill one of your clients. I apologize <laughs> for any business you'll have lost. But I do appreciate you giving us proper equipment to travel out there. <laughs> In the meantime, we should probably refresh at least our general supply if we're going to be on the road for a little bit. I, I think I'll leave that to you, love. I'm going to go apologize to Brax. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around and roll out. You're left standing there with Velril. So, Gwendolith, what kind of supplies should we uh, buy? Who? Uh, I was just trying to check. Just to make sure. You... <laughs> <laughs> oh, She's in the stone. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Are you uh, staying with her to help get supplies, or did you follow them after that? I'll stay in there and help get okay. supplies. All right. Unless you guys have any more questions for the shopkeeper, we can just go ahead and play that out logistically rather than role-playingly. I'm down for the logistics. You engage back with the shopkeeper and state uh, pretty efficiently what you need and what you think for how long do you want to get supplies for? Wow, grammar. I'm just going to go ahead and get another week's worth. So a week's worth of supplies? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you engage the shopkeeper and ask him for a week's worth of supplies and he happy that uh, the conversation has been diffused and he can go back to providing people with the things that they need is very helpful and you feel that there was no price gouging or anything like that. It was uh, just a, a fair exchange. And you procure enough supplies for a week. All right, Grom steps out the door after Brax. Brax, hold up. Oh, yeah, what was that? Sorry, I ruined your little deception in there. I mean, that's all right, man. Why You can't be telling people you're going to be killing people, though. That's, <laughs> that don't usually go very well with, with people. I'm not good at secrets. Well, how about, I mean, that just that one secret is that, like, when you say you're going to kill someone, keep that one to yourself because people freak out. Yeah, I usually like that part. But I have a question for you. Go ahead. Does she seem more chipper than usual? You know, I I, I think I think she does. Uh, but I was talking to Muleman here earlier, and he was saying that she seemed just fine. So I guess I don't know. I haven't, I don't know her very long though, so it's hard to say. Thinks everything think everything's all right from us touching that stone door. Well, I think. I mean, really, she's the one that touched it that might have caused problems. But I don't know, man. Um, I really. I really don't know much about these stones. Um, I guess I don't either. But if it makes her that happy, let's touch it to her more often. I, I think, well, maybe we'll just, we won't do that for a while and see see how her mood goes. Well, all right. Either way, I'm sorry I messed it up in there. I'll try to be quiet. I just don't do well with lying. I'll try to leave. Just, like, wink at me or something if you're going to lie to people, and I'll leave. All right. I'll, I'll try to remember that. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, did you want? Did you want one of these? A little bag of. Oh, I don't think so. All right, all right. I'm gonna save it too. So, I appreciate the offer, though. 
Alright, so you conclude your business inside about that time Valryl and Tylor come out of the general store. Yeah, I just didn't want to risk getting that damned owl again. Thaddeus? He's a good guy. Really. Uh, not really, actually. He's, <laughs> I don't like him at all. <laughs> I didn't even have to step outside for that one. Valryl and Tylor rejoin you two. Mirmalnir, you approach the location given to you by the artificer. Nestled in amongst the trees is a Spartan hut. The dirt path leads to the front door, and a thin plume of smoke emits forth from the chimney. But as you draw closer, you see a sign on the door stating, Clotra's Sorceress Sundries. Business hours noon till I'm not here. I thought I would like to look up into the sky and kind of judge if it's about noon time. Roll survival. It's uh, 18. Uh, it's about quarter past noon. Alright, I'm just, I'm going to walk up and lightly knock on the door. Alright, you knock, and the door swings open, seemingly of its own volition. Warm, inviting aromas of teas and baked goods issue forth from the open door. After a moment, you hear a semi-familiar voice say, Please come in. I'm assuming you do so. Yeah, I was going to ask, how small is this hut? It's gnome size, so you're going to have to duck. I'm going to duck in and... You enter and you discover a well-lit living space decorated simply with various wood carvings here and there. Functional shelves line the walls, housing many jars, vials, and containers that all strike you as apropos considering the aura that that mystic gnome exudes. After a moment, Clotra emerges through an open doorway, carrying a tray that holds a tea kettle, several cups, and a basket of scones. Please have a seat. And she gestures to... It's a gnome-sized love seat. I would like to judge its strength. (laughs) Roll knowledge furniture roll perception 11 you think it's good she says my you 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 are well let's say the the weed giant can skew our perspective on certain things now and then yeah and i'll take a seat i'm just gonna try and ease myself onto it as you lower yourself into the the love seat you go easily and then at the last minute you lower the rest of your body weight into it and then a very subtle you feel one corner, just lower slightly. If she noticed, she gives no indication. Um, I was wondering if you are able to send, try to send another message. Well, I believe that was our arrangement. Um, I will say before we get to going on that, I do have some other uh, sundries if you're interested. But I hear, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I see that you're here for the sending. Five gold, as was previously discussed. Is that going to be okay? I'm going to reach up, grab the platinum out of the squirrel's hand, because I'm assuming he's still holding it. Um, is this enough? Oh, that's more than enough. Okay. Do you want change? Uh, sure. And she steps out and comes back and hands you five gold. All right, now who are we contacting and what are we saying? Um, Grenzander. Grenzander. Yeah, um, and then I'm going to do my best to describe him to her. Let's have a dice roll with advantage on that. So let's do an intelligence. Eleven. Okay, so Grinzander, right, Teamsters Guild. I I think I I have have a decent... I think this will work, I guess, what I'm getting at. So, all right, and so, Grinzander, what are we asking? Um, I need to know if Nerma is okay. Okay. Bide but a moment. She takes whatever material component in her hand and she makes the somatic component with her gesture and she says a few words it closes her eyes you can see her head moves in gesture that 
would indicate that she's communicating with somebody. And then she goes still. Eyes still closed. You assume she's waiting for a response. And then she reacts. Your hopes rise with the indication that she got a response. And then after about 30 seconds, her eyes open. She says, okay, well, that worked. Okay. Um, I'm afraid I don't have anything quite definitive for you. Uh, apparently somebody named Ardrahar took Nurma out of town because uh, they didn't want her there for some festival of some sort. That was three days ago. <laughs> I see that's not quite the response you were looking for, but I'm sorry, but that is what transpired. Are you able to send another one, or no? Well, unfortunately, not until tomorrow. Okay. I apologize. We're all learning here. Yeah. And with that, I will just kind of stand up as much as I can and say thank you and walk out. You're welcome. Would you like a scone? I, mm, okay. No, thank um, you. Well, good luck to you. I'm just going to walk out and just start slowly walking my way back to the inn. Hey, Knuckles! What's the word? <laughs> Are you shouting this across? Yeah. Or... Yeah, this is definitely... Yeah, so Grom takes off in a uh, healthy pace. Skidding to a stop. <laughs> Nurma is not at Grin Sanders. Well, what, is, what does that mean? Where is she at? Apparently Ardrar took her out of the city a couple days ago. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. If she's with Ardwar, though, I'm sure she's fine. Well, can we call again? Not till tomorrow. Mirmolnir, at this point, you hear in your mind a voice. I'm losing it. You recognize it as Vaxador, the valet of Grenzander that you rescued from that place. He says, did you request Grenzander's message? Mirmolnir, what's wrong? Nurma left with Ardrar three days ago. What do you know? You can respond to this message. I'm just gonna think in my mind. Last I saw Nurma, she was getting her arms ripped off by a god. That's it. You alright there, friend? You blanked out a bit there. Yeah, I was getting uh, something in my head from that red tiefling we rescued. Oh, that friend of Grenzander's now? Yeah. What did he say? He was asking if I was trying to send a message to Grenzander and if everything was alright. What'd you say? I told him that the last I saw Nurma... She was getting her arms ripped off by a god. Did you tell him it was a vision? That was no vision. Visions don't spike you into the earth. Hmm. Tear up your body and assault your mind. Well, if she is alright, we'll still have to bury Grenzander. I am just looking at him very confused right now. You just left him with the knowledge that she's torn apart. And ended the conversation. Yeah. 
We'll have to bury Grenzander. I'm sure he's having a heart attack right now. You could have said maybe. Well, there's nothing to be done about it now. But I'm sure he thinks that she's dead. And his friend is dead. If that is the case. And we can hear again tomorrow, he said. Yeah, but I don't know if we'll be in town that long. Is there anything we can bring to do it? Five gold. So if we have five gold, we can leave town and still do it? Well, no. The mystic needs five gold to do it. Well, I've got five gold right now. No, the five gold is what she needs to perform it. All right. So if we're heading into the hills here, how much does she need to come with us? Probably more than we can give her. Maybe not. You ask her. I mean, who are we asking for what? To see if that uh, young gnome would travel with us to send a message in the morning if we're still out in the hills. Or maybe she's got some way to let us do it over distance. Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, we can go talk to her. Because I want to go hunt for Medlock, but mm-hmm. I also need to know. I need to know. Especially after we've murdered Grenzander. And you, you talk about killing a lot of people, and I, I'm not even sure who Grenzander is, but that's just... It's a bummer. The caretaker of that young lady that we're trying to get in touch with. Honestly, I think I'm done trying. Every failed attempt just cuts me deeper. If we get back to town and she's there, great. But until then... I don't know if I can let it go so easily. We certainly can't let it keep us from our mission, though. Well, if we can't do it again till tomorrow... Let's be back as soon as we can. You think we're going to find Medlack and be back within a day? You're trying to camp out? I said they're not far from town. We'll do a day's travel. She said his number two isn't far from town. That doesn't mean necessarily that he's with Medlack. Well, if we can find the number two, we'll take parts off him until he tells us where number one is, I suppose. Yeah, that still could lead us into more than a day away, though. How long are we intending to stay around before we head out? Personally, I think we should leave as soon as possible. All right. Well, didn't you say that little thing on your shoulder there? Could find stuff. What the hell does he have in his hands? You let him hold your gold? Are you daft? You can't trust a squirrel with your gold. I don't know where else to put it. I don't have any pockets. You do the same thing I do with it. I give it to Tyler, Lord. She gives it to me when I need to buy stuff. I am good with the money. No, this this works for now. Well, if a bird comes and takes your gold, I won't be shocked. Grandma's all of a sudden hitting the head with a whole gold piece. Oh, now you can tell what I'm saying, you damn squirrel. What's with these damned animals? Goat, you like me, right? <laughs> damned animals. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the squirrel and tell him to go pick it up. Too late, it's mine. Now you can have it, Squirrel. Here you go. It jumps to the ground. Well, what do we want to do then? It runs over to Grom. Well, we have all of our <laughs> stuff from the room. We have supplies. I got enough for another week, and I think we still had some left over from before. Well, can you ask that squirrel where we should look? Uh, I'm going to look at the squirrel. I'm going to ask him where is Medlack, and I... Stared him for a little bit after getting no response, and I looked back to Grom. I, I didn't get anything. I don't think he's 
seems like you can only ask him once a day. He needs time to think about it or something like that. Anyways, I'm... If we're gonna be rolling out, I'm going to head back to the cart and start getting that set up. I think that's a great idea. And I'm just walking off. I'll grab Grob's hand. Let's go, honey. Toss my pack to you real quick. I'll be with you. I want to go visit somebody first. Well, what do you want to do, V? You want to? I was thinking about going up that 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 shop up there and getting this potion taken a look at, but. I mean, everybody seems like they're getting ready to go. Do we just like, we come back and do that later? Or what are you doing? Well, I was going to go visit Dermalar before we rolled out. But if you're going to look at potions, I wouldn't mind trying to find another one of them book potions. So we got time to go look at these potions, then, is what you're saying? I don't even know where we're going. With him breaking us damned squirrel, I don't feel good about going too far. I think we really should try and get going. We've really been putting Medlock off quite a bit. Well, you think we should just leave now, then? I don't even have a knife. Oh, I got I got an extra one of them. I mean, you just gave it back to me not long ago, but you want it? Well, I do need one. Yeah, I'll hand you, hand you a dagger. I do have this extra longsword here. Well, I guess, I mean, I, I'm ready to get going if, if Tyler really wants to get going so soon. Uh, what time is it? What you're saying makes sense. About an hour after midday. So. And uh, are we trying to camp out tonight or get back here? Well, I'd like to come back in the morning. I'd like to be back tomorrow. So I'm fine to camp out. I'm fine with camping. Though I'd rather not come back until we've actually taken care of that medlack. Well, I don't even know which direction he's in. But I do know that I've got to kill that big saber-armed critter. And I know that's out east. Oh, I've got another stop I've got to make. <laughs> Commission some art. Yeah, I've got to stop back and get a picture of that damnable monster. But you guys get the horses. I'll meet you there. If you're gonna go back to that, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her about this backpack and see if if I packed it right. Perfect. Why don't you guys go ahead and go to the shop, and Molly and I can go get the carriage ready. I like the sound of that. I guess that that'll work. You want to head out to. You wanted to go look at potions, didn't you? Well, yeah, but I guess we're going to go look at the clock place again, and then maybe we'll do potions. I don't know. Yeah, we got a lot to do in so little time. All right, I'm going to turn and start strolling off. Hey, I'm following you. Now, really, you with us? Yes. <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> Let's go be irresponsible. Mirmolnir has gone to get the horses ready. I'm assuming Tyler, did you jog up to catch up with him? Yep. Actually, as we're leaving, do you have any more of those? Gems, perhaps. Um, yeah. And I pull out my money pouch, and I'll give you another one. All right, I'm going to go put this towards my eyeball, since I'm going back there. Don't take too long. Hey, you seem rather chipper today. You've said that twice now. I like it. (laughs) At that, I'm going to stroll off. (laughs) I'll smile brightly and follow Marie. Molly. So you jog up to catch up to Mirmolnir. Uh, the three of you, where's, where, you're going together? Yes. Okay. Uh, where's your first stop? Which one's first? In the layout of the town. Okay, so tell me all the stops you want to make, and then I will delineate. Uh, potion and clock place. Okay, so the potion is in the opposite direction of the clock place and the blacksmith. So we do potions first, then? Which Is that the way you sort of walk? Okay, well, I'm just going to follow him, then, yeah. I'll just make my way, then. Make my way. 
Good. Good. So you're going to the blacksmith? No, I, I'll cut that trip out just to make for time. Plus, I've got a knife. Aye, thank you. So back to the artificer shop? Aye. Okay. You walk through the door, and Grena, whose name you don't know, says, Oh, hello again. Aye. It looks like we're getting ready to leave town. Oh, to go poke enough. around to the east there. Did right. you have that picture ready for me yet? Oh, I do. It's I, I can't say that I'm much of an artist, but uh, here. Holy hell. Oh, the X is where the gland is. How do I get it out of there? Uh, do you have a knife? Aye. I would suggest that. I just wrap it in some cloth and bring it back to you. What's this thing look like? Um. Like a soft tissue, is it? Like, will I know it when I see it? I think I think you'll know when you see it. Well, perfect. Okay, so you see... The, the Hand clip. me this thing of nightmare fuel. Well, it's worse. Because <laughs> made, the, actual, the actual entity, it's made up of these triangles. Made of triangles. Yes. Um, so the picture I drew there, it's... Well, that that's more solid than what it actually is. Hmm. Can I kill it by smashing it? I hope so. What do you mean, I hope so? I mean, I hope so. I hope you can kill it by smashing it. Is it? How, how do you get the gland uh, otherwise? Like, How are you going to get it? I was going to hire somebody to go kill it. Oh, so you'll pay us to go get it. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the, the gland and the, the eye is cheaper now. You Do you remember that part? Well, I thought just if you had the thing. Well, what other parts do you need while we're out? Um, I don't know. Any mechanical clockwork derelict things that you might come across i don't know anything you can tell me about this dangerous looking beast mm, yes don't get cut by it it doesn't like spray poison or anything does it fly does it dig i feel like it could with look at its arms uh, you ever seen one of these before <laughs> i've never seen that before valrio have you seen that before can't say that i have how big is it um he's about foot taller than that fellow and she points to oh Valryl. yes We'll kill that thing for sure. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm saying you're coming, right? You can take this thing. Yes, I sure can. See, we got it. I'll let you prove it. Just playing. You'd have no luck keeping me away from this thing. All right, we'll bring it to you. If we're heading out east, though, is there anything else you'd like us to look out for or be aware of that you're informed about? I haven't been out that way, but uh, I know that the desert is very treacherous, so just be careful. Hey, all right. Well, before we take off, uh, I got this this parachute uh, that we picked up earlier this morning, sure. and um, oh, you've used it. Yeah, my, uh, well, Grom used it. Uh, that was terrifying. And I was just wondering. Uh, I just I just put it all back into the bag. Is it good to go again? Um. Well, there's a technique. Oh yeah. Do you have? How do you do it? And she gets kind of a, a mischievous look in her eye and says, "What's it worth to you?" What's your return policy? Uh, I mean, how much was the parachute? It was 100 gold. 100 gold. Like, a silver? It's like I feel like it should have came with instructions. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll say the final. <laughs> oh, man. You're not going to help me help me do this? Also, your bird broke. <laughs> <laughs> it did. The wing just fell right off. I feel like you should <laughs> tell us, since you're selling us faulty merchandise. The bird broke. It was flying in the air and it just the wing fell off. It's a songbird. It wasn't a flying bird. Well, you tricked me with the whole bird thing. You threw it, didn't you? A little. <laughs> here. Okay, I'll tell you what. Here, let me show you how to use this parachute. And then so she lapses into kind of some instruction on 
how to pack a parachute. So anybody who's paying attention to the instructions on how to pack the parachutes, roll me an intelligence. I'm certainly just looking around at other stuff around the shop, looking for other cool stuff. An 18. Four. Okay, so here's how this is going to work. What you just rolled on your intelligence, we're going to apply modifiers to packing the parachute from this point forward. So Valrel, anytime you pack the parachute, you get a minus three. Boy. I'm not packing a parachute. Brax, anytime that you pack the parachute, you get a plus four. Plus four, nice. Well, that doesn't seem that hard. You just kind of fold it up and roll it. That's that Yeah, you that got bad. it. No, no, you got it. Yeah, it's not what we did already. Well, not quite, uh, but kind of. But no, not quite. I think I might have died if I had used it before. Does seem like a glorious way to go. I didn't catch your name. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Grenna. Grenna. And I've got this for you. I'm going to flipper that other gem. She catches it. Put that towards my eye. Oh, very good. Oh, this is exciting. That's, uh, this is exciting. Thank you so much. What's, what, what is this shop? The Bronze Cog. Bronze Cog. Hey, well, I better get on the road. Well, thank you very much. I guess uh, one last question. Uh, this The firework uh, wand that you gave us, that we got from you, yeah. do you know how many how many times you can use that a day? We talked about that. That's three times a day. Okay, thank you. I, I couldn't remember. And at this point, we can maybe cut to Mirror and Tyler. Do it. I'm just walking in silence. I have no need to break the silence. And at that point, we will cut back to the other three. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you fellas uh, ready to go on to the next shop? Hey, there's another place you wanted to stop, eh? Well, we were going to go to that the apothecary or the potion place. That apothecary, is that what it is? It's all the way across town now, so I'm not I'm not too... I mean, we just get going. What are you trying to go there for? We are just going to see how much this potion was. What potion? The, uh, the purple one here. Well, both of them, really. This black one and the purple one. What do they do? You left one with the artificer. The black one, then. Because that's the... Yeah, the protection... What does it do? Well, I don't know. I was trying to look earlier, and I couldn't figure it out, and she won't tell me. It has something to do with mind stuff, is what you gleaned from your arcana roll. So that, that's about it. Um, well, it's not very useful if we don't know what it does. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess there's no point in carrying around a potion if I don't know what it does. Unless you're going to just sip it, but boy, I feel like I've got a new respect for potions. So yeah, I mean that's I wanted to go up there. If you, if you got if we have time, then I would love to do that actually. Well, let's run. Well, there's three of us and two of them, so I think we make the. Well, that's true. Well, we can hit that real quick and head out of town. I think right. Yeah, they're at the horses. They don't know. They don't know. Let's go. Let's sneak out the back. Yeah, let's go. Tyler is real happy right now, so she won't be mad. <laughs> I don't have any more money, but that's all right. You've got some. Let's go. Oh man, how much can information really be? You make your way, making your way to Clotra's Sorcerer's Sundries. You approach the location given to you by the artificer. Nestled in amongst the trees is a Spartan hut. A dirt path leads to the front door, and a thin plume of smoke emits forth from the chimney. Brax and Valril, you must have missed it in your frantic search for the solace of the forest, but the humble abode isn't but a stone's throw from where you entered the woods earlier. As you draw closer, you see a sign on the door stating Clotra's Sorcerer's Sundries. Business hours noon till I'm not here. Well, I guess uh, we hope he's here, right? Yeah, I guess so. Knocking on the door. You knock and the door swings open, <laughs> seemingly of its own volition. Oh, this was the girl that did the sending, right? Uh-huh. Okay. I lost my note card. All right. I'm a mess. Please come in. Well, howdy. Uh, how are you Would doing you like today? some tea? Good. How are you? You want some tea? You want some tea? I don't want any tea. No thanks. 
I'd have some tea. I'd have some tea too, actually. <laughs> she happens to have a tray. Perfect. So she takes the teapot and pours two teas, sets them in. So, what can I do for you today? So you weren't able to get a hold of her, eh? I'm sorry, what? Uh, the sending. Oh, my friend you're came with, in for the sending. Yes, you were with the big dragonborn. Okay, yes. Um, no, I got a hold of Grin, 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 Zander. Yes, Grin Zander. I got, I got a hold of him just fine. And you can't send anymore. Oh, not today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At that, I'm gonna start just poking around and looking at all the stuff in here. Uh, well, it's a shame you can't do it more than once. Once a day is that? It's, I'm, it's a. You know, we, we strive to get better at what we do. Oh, I understand that completely. Um, I'm, I was wondering if you might be able to help me out with the, with the question I got here. Um, you happen to recognize what this is? And I'll pull out the purple potion. Um, it's That's a potion. <laughs> yes, Well, yes, ma'am. It sure is a potion. Uh, <laughs> you happen to know what it does? Perhaps. Uh, would you would you mind telling me what it does? Mm, for a fee? Oh, well, how much How much would that be? Oh, identifying potions. That's easy. Two silver? Oh, yeah, I can... Well, I actually only have a gold, uh... But oh, you, I have change. Okay, yeah, that'd be perfect. So she takes the potion and... Mm. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> this is a uh, potion of detect thoughts. I'd have, I've known a couple of people I would have liked to do that on. <laughs> As do we all. Potion of detect thought, and it, uh, what exactly would that be able to do, do you think? Well, if you imbibe it, uh, I believe that, well, you can read the thoughts of certain creatures, generally, generally just one at a time, so this is only going to work on one person, but you really, you can know the thoughts of their, just their surface thoughts, really. Oh, that's, that's interesting. It's a potion, you know, there's a magic spell that's very similar to this, which you can kind of dig deeper, but with the potion, it's just... Surface level, level one stuff. Yeah. All right. How much How much do you think this would be? Oh, think? gosh, this one? Oh, to take a potion of that's, I think I have a few things similar in my inventory. I'd, I'd probably let this go for between 150 to 200. Oh, jeez, that's, that's good to know. Well, those things are worth a lot more money than I thought. Do you have any of the blue ones? I like the blue ones. Potions? Yeah. I have several blue potions. For the several. I don't know if I can afford several. I had a blue potion that was pretty pretty good too. Yeah, I want to finish this book. Oh, you were oh, you why can't you finish the book? Cuz I ran out of blue potion. You ran out of blue potion. Oh, so it's in Oh, it's in a different language. I'm not sure that would matter too much. Um, I might have something that I can help you. Oh, do ya? I didn't see any of the blue ones up here. This isn't my entire inventory, so. Oh, I'm interested. She's got one of the blue ones. I had I had a blue potion that made me like understand magic better. You got one of them too? Yeah, we both like the blue ones. The blue ones are real good. The blue ones are the best ones. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. The other colors seem pretty good for gambling. <laughs> Not to lie. She goes in the back. Uh, just bite a moment, and you hear some clinking and whatnot in the back. And give me one moment. Hi, there it is. Looks like that one's free. No, it looks like you don't get the prices. <laughs> it said free. What kind are you looking for? It was like a learny one, I guess. It taught me magic. Oh, you're working on learning some magic, are you? Well, yeah, I, I, I like magic. I know Valriel don't like it very much, but it's it's cool stuff. What kind of magic you working on? Well, uh, I got, you know, this, and I do sacred flames. It's basically nothing. 
And then, uh, well, you just saw I can I help heal people sometimes, just a little bit here and there. And so, a potion will just help you cast your magic better. No, I think well. So this particular potion will help me uh, maybe unlock more of what I can do. Interesting. Most time I've seen people do that through uh, communing and such. Interesting you could do it with a potion. But I would have never thought you could read a book with a potion, so more power to you. Hey, what do you want for it? I have three of them. You have three of them? How much do you want for all of them? For all of them? Well, that's um, normally... Normally they're 250 a piece, but if you wanted all three of them, I could probably let them go for 600. What do you use to make your potions here? Uh, all sorts of ingredients. All sorts of wild ingredients. Mm, some wild, some domesticated. Yeah, show them that. Show okay. them that picture. Pull the picture out of that creature and put it down on the table. Oh, I'm off to hunt one of these. Oh, very good. Are there any pieces you want from it? Oh yes. Huh? Can I see it? Yeah, it's right there. I need the little thing under the X, but other than that, I could bring it back for you. Yes, that's a little bit out of my purview. Um, does anybody have a writing utensil? No. Does anybody have a writing utensil? Oh, in real life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and circle the things that I think would, would be helpful for me. I think I need one of those and one of those. And, oh, that's good. Um, and really just all of the triangles that you can you, know, you can muster keep up hearing from. about these triangles yes and I'll right. just bring the whole thing back to you Ooh, good luck do you know what this thing like what it what what's the easiest mean? way to kill it is um no okay if I bash it does it make it less valuable to you and then right there okay so she has circled the eyes and another part in the thorax there hi would you take the parts on one of those things as trade I think so, yeah. Well, yeah, yes, those are very valuable. Those I, mm, yes, uh, yes. Wonderful. Well, I'll bring you one. Yeah, looks like we're going to go kill a bug. Good. So so no potions now? Well, I'd gladly take them now. Well, yeah, we'll pay you back. I'm also going to open my pouch, and I'm going to pull out a slab of meat, and I'm going to slap it down on the countertop. Would any of this be useful to you? You're going to want to burn that. Slice it in half. And put half of it back in my pouch. Oh, persuasion. 16. Well, if you take that small piece that you put in your pouch and bring it back out, I would take that as collateral. Hmm. All right. But to keep in mind, this'll make two if you're not careful. I know. Now our blue potions. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, here's the deal in my mind. I will hold that as collateral. I will give you one blue potion when you come back with the other funds trade then you can have the meat and the other two potions how does that sound i like it good we have a deal so she grabs a jar and she grabs a rag and she scoops up the meat with the rag puts it in the jar and seals it down like locks down tight and sets it off to the side and she says there you go be careful with that grab the potion covetously and tuck it into my pouch V, do you want any potions? No, I don't want any potions, but uh feels kind of kind of warm here. I think I'm going to step outside, get some air, and I give him a look like I want to talk to him alone. Roll insight, Brax. Nat one. Yeah, he mi- misses it completely. 
All right. Uh, I'll be out in just a little bit. All right. I'm going to, I'll head outside and just get some fresh air. I'm mean, really just wrapping up whatever we're doing here and then I don't have anything else to say. By chance, before we leave here, have you heard of a fellow named Medlock? Um, hmm. Roll insight. Never mind. I got a four. I got a one. Well, unless you have heard who's of the big roller now? He's your cousin, you say? At your query, she very poorly tries to dismiss your question. I mean, I, no, I that's a strange name. Why, why are you asking people? I don't know. Blink, blink. Yeah, so what do you know about him? No, 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 okay. Um, wizard type? You, you know where he is? Mm, I think he lives out east somewhere, I'm not sure. Well, that's perfect. Hey, perfect. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> she perks up that she feels like she has answered correctly. Is east, is that where the earth and woolly... Wooly lilac thing is? Earthen woolly. Uh, earthen woven. Lilac. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I heard it last night. It's kind of fuzzy. So, yeah, I think oh, that, yeah. The, yeah, that makes sense. It must the be. Whole it. The devil's spit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you had a good night. Oh, I, I mean, from what I can remember, it was pretty fun. Oh, it was I think fantastic. You know, Ganoth rarely performs uh, those certain songs. So, I don't know. Ah, the dragon. The dragon. <laughs> the, what? The what? What is this lilac? That's the mountain. Yeah. Is that east? Yeah. Oh, can you... You didn't pick that up from last night? Hey, wow, you guys were drunk. Yeah, that devil spit. That's no joke. Plus, I've never drank with a dragon before. Okay. Me neither. I don't think she knows. Yeah. I don't think so either. Some people are just a little slow on the pickup. It's okay. Then pat her hand. She takes her hand back. I'm like, hey, I'm going to choose to not be offended by that. Dragons are clever. It's all right. But his secret is not safe with me. <laughs> I told him it's fine. Okay, Pep. Anyhow, she looks at you, Rex, to advance the conversation. Yeah, will I recognize that thing if I see it? or uh, What thing? The earthen woven lilac? Oh, I think so. It's a big purple mountain. A big purple mountain? It's a mountain and not a flower, right? Yes. All right. I just didn't know what was going on. That's about all I need, I think. Thank you very much for the information on this potion. Oh, sure. Yes. Appreciate you for having so many of those blue ones in the back. Well, I hope you're back to buy more. I will be. We know since you've been so good to us. Ganolf is the dragon. Bye. Bye. Head out. All right. You guys emerge from Clotris Sorceress Sundries. And... She said that Medlax East. So I suppose we go East. Yeah. Boy, that'll be great news. Well, it's perfect. We need to find him. It's about time. We do something about that guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. What's your plan when we find him? Well, the words of you, kill him. Well, it seems like you guys have some fairly personal business with him, but I'm not overly familiar with what all was done. Well, uh, I think, you know, he killed a bunch of our friends, and he's just, he's the person that's taking all these souls or these minds, whatever he's doing with these red rubies, so... He just, you know, he's just a bad guy and needs to be stopped is what it kind of comes down to. Brax roll persuasion, ground roll insight. Net 20. Oh, well, I got a six plus whatever my persuasion is, so. Grom, you feel like Brax isn't being 100% forthcoming. You holding out on me, Brax? What, what do you mean? I, I showed you all the potions and everything I've got. I feel like you're not sharing part of the story with me. If you want to have secrets, that's fine. I won't hold it against you, but I'll tell you this, I'll be scalping that medlock. 
whatever you want with the rest of them, that's fine by me. But the scallop is mine. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's that's fine with me. That's that's fine with me. About that time, we're probably back to the. Yes, uh, before you get back to the stables, Miramilir beelines to the stables and gains it no problem. Tyler has caught up and has accepted the fact that they are walking in silence. You walk in, that little blonde-haired gnome from before is like, "Oh, hello, I, oh, it's, oh, so you're ready to, oh, oh, you go, okay, go right ahead." Tyler, what are you doing to help? I mean, I'll help. I'll, I'll start loading the stuff into the cart and. Getting the horses ready, too, right there with him. There's a moment where you approach Mr. Snugglebottoms, and you just reach out to touch him. Would you roll me an animal handling check, please? Sixteen. There's a moment where Snugglebottoms startles just a bit. You just notice, and you glance over, and you see Talalor step to Snugglebottoms' face and rub the side of his head and make some soothing noises, and then the horse calms down. You are very much in your own thoughts. And so you just continue to prepare. And then if there is no conversation that uh, you wish to transpire between the two of you, we can cut ahead to the three of them popping back into the stables. Hey, looks like you've got everything all ready to go. Yeah, I'm just getting my gear organized here. Hello, horse. We can go ahead and climb on up. I would actually like to try and pull Grom aside real quick have a side conversation with him. How'd it go? Hey, what's on your mind, big fella? I reach down to my side, grab the pack of herbs. What do I do with these? <laughs> How do I use them? You've never dealt with ceremonial herbs before. Hey, you can eat them. You can smoke them. You can use them as a tea. How... Because I know there's, like, doses of them. Are they individually wrapped, or are they, like, all in a bag you just take a pinch out, or... Hey, just eat all of that. Molly's going for a ride. (laughs) Be ready. The entire thing. Hey. Okay. Do you want to drive the cart? I'll try her out. This damned horse doesn't be liking me lately. I will tell him to go easy on you. I tried to give him an apple that was <laughs> gonna send him for a bit of a ride. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever forgotten about it, but I'll try it out. Alright. And with that I will walk back in, walk up to the horse. I'm going to look at him and think Please go easy on him. As you're stepping away, make peace with whatever gods you're trying to visit. Does everybody have all their stuff back here? I think we're all loaded up, love. I'm rummaging through my bag, making sure I've got things in order. Yeah, I think everything's cinched up on chip here. What the heck? What the heck with what? How did this get in here? What is it? As you guys approach, I'm holding the Halls of Relic. Ha! What the heck? What is that thing? Ha ha! You found it! Yeah, I don't... (laughs) just pluck it out of my hand. I'll just grab it. Oh yeah, this thing was... Wild ride. I'm not sure that's a thing we should be playing with. What is that? This. The three of you that do not know the term the Halls of Relic, please roll me either a Knowledge History or a Knowledge Arcana, whichever you prefer. Six. Nine. I have a twelve. All right, the nine and the twelve. They've heard the name. That's all you got. 
Hey, this is the Halls of Relic. It's like a whole little world inside of here. Yeah, not sure it's something we should be playing with. Oh, I know how to do it. I remember. Do I remember? I'm Roll gonna try and grab it back Pretty from sure him. Okay, sure just let's let's get the intelligence. Oh, we don't. We don't, but oh. we're gonna be pushing buttons. Yeah, so Grom starts manipulating I, I it. I think you do this. I, it, it, and I think you no. turn this piece right here. No. Ah, it's stuck a little much. Do you take it back? I do. Okay. I was just about, I almost had it. That is not a toy, my love. I remember how to work it. Well, you push a couple of the things and you... I was pretty sure my thumb was on the top. Mm. My other finger's on the bottom. But mm-hmm. it, like, pulled you into it. I'm just gonna there's... tuck it back into my sack as he's this talking. This whole realm. And, uh, apparently it was this lost citadel in another dimension for this ancient wizard. I believe he was Nagendracon. Oh. Yeah, crazy thing. Uh-huh. We're just gonna... If you go in there, you will probably die. Why? Uh, everything in there is designed to kill you, it seems. Or at least for the first little bit. I finished packing up and organizing my stuff. Okay, are we ready to go? Are we not gonna play with it? Doesn't seem like a good idea to play with it, does it? Well, you gotta learn how to use it. Well, we got other... We have other missions currently going. Well, um, when you're driving, I'll check it out. See, make sure I just make sure I remember how to use it. I mean, if you disappear while we are driving, then who's gonna help us with the rest of this mission? Well, I got it figured out in there. There's this huge building, and it's all this crazy pictures. No, no, no. I don't like the idea of you putting yourself at that kind of risk. Gigantic crystal rocks. They were amazing. They were huge. Right out of the ground. I want to see these things. Can we? There was blue ones. I remember there were green ones. The whole place was nightmare fuel. There was a large pond, and we had to, like, swim to the bottom of it. And then Mavka... No, oh, you don't know her, but she tried to kill me. Yeah, it's a rough spot, but maybe the coolest place I've ever been. I'll remember how to work it. We'll go there together. What do you say, V? We Let's go there? Let's get through this and get rid of Medlock first. Right, I mean, I'll drive first, okay. All right, horse. <laughs> We're heading east. When Grom has his back turned... I'm gonna go ahead and relocate that halls of relic. <laughs> let's have a let's have a sleight of hand with advantage and a perception with disadvantage. Twenty-one. All right, you might win this time. All right, you load up. The little blonde-haired gnome helps you get squared away, and opens the door to the stable, gets you hooked up to the carriage, and you are welcome to proceed on your way. So Brax, uh, we're back at the potion shop. Did I hear that correct about that potion? Is eternal thoughts? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can read people's thoughts when you take it. I think so. Yes, for a little while. You just focus on somebody. You can read their thoughts. Yeah. Sound like she said that I focus on one person. I get one person, and then uh, I just get to kind of read what's on top of their head. So I feel like I feel like you should take that potion and maybe figure out what's going on tile lord because the rest of us or the three of us think there's something going on mirmelnir thinks she's all right but she's just been real chipper she seems so happy god so you guys happy. are against cheerfulness holy cold cow i've never seen her happy before it just kind of scared me a little bit <laughs> so i think with a window of opportunity we should take it and see what's really going on well yeah that's not a bad idea um well, let's let's think about that through the day, and then maybe when we make camp, we'll uh, we'll break it. Well, yeah, we'll see then. Okay. It's a lot of money, though, man. It's two hundred gold. 
Well, didn't she say 150 to 200? I well, mean, yeah, but I mean, we'll get 200 out of it. Still think we should try it. Yeah, you're probably right. So, so that that's a plan then. Yeah, I think that's a plan. As soon as we make camp, well, I'll have to have you making the asking the questions though, because I can't be, you know, reading her thoughts and asking questions at the same time. Yeah, that, that could work. No work. All right. Or you could take the potion if you want. I could take the potion, or we just. But I don't really. Yeah, I don't really like the magic. But maybe we just get in a group setting and we just start talking and see what what transpires while you're just focusing on her. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. You continue on to the edge of town. There's a, a path that leads east. It's a little rougher. It's not maintained. It's not like the Osperian maintained roads. Just another cart track with ruts. This one a little bit rougher than how you approached from the north. So, that said, there is going to be a good portion of time dedicated to travel. I believe that Mir Mulnir has declared his intention. Grom, you're driving. Oh, roll animal handling. Oh, here we go. With advantage, given Mirmolnir's... I psychically communicated with the horse. 17. Very nice. For once, you approach the horse. You have a brief conversation, declaring your intention. And the horse is amiable. I knew you liked me, horse. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we're going to get along just fine. Who's, Who's sitting where? How far are you guys away? Are you guys back? We're in front. Probably 20 yards, 30 yards. As per usual. After your little conversation, do you want to fall back to keep a closer formation? or? Um, I, yeah, I imagine that we kind of drop in and out. Everybody is within eyeshot. But not necessarily within conversation. And I'm sitting uh, next to you. Oh, that means I get room to spread out. Hell yeah. Have you taken your drugs at this point? Yeah, I imagine as soon as I got in, I just took a deep breath and emptied the sack into my mouth. And I probably coughed up a bit because they're probably dry and... (coughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, they taste terrible. (laughs) Hey, fellas. Yeah, what's that? What do you guys think about these planes all aligning and making all these portals? Oh, is that... What's planes doing that? I can't... That's what that song said. From what I remember it, I'm pretty fuzzy. But I remember them talking about all those crazy... All those crazy weapons and items. And that when the planes were aligned, the portals would show up. Oh, I don't know. That crazy dragon was singing about all kinds of crazy stuff. He did have some good songs. I, I remember... I don't remember the portal thing too much, but those swords, like that, that tooth. Sounds like we gotta get that in order to kill the other demon or something like that. What do you think about these portal stuff? It's probably this song about the same portals we've seen, right? On the trails? It's- Something like those. Yeah, those little tentacle portal things. I don't know. I just know they're difficult to defeat. What was that name they had? Yog. Yogthildust? Yogthildust. It sounds so familiar. I wish I could place where I heard it. I heard it last night. <laughs> that lady said, stop saying the name. You've never heard about it before that? No, I had. No, no, not me. No, I don't think I've heard it either. What about you, love? Hmm. I mean, I, I think my memory on it's probably about the same as your guys'. Is I've heard it somewhere, but... Oh, I remember now. I remember I was just... I was young. And I was just barely a manling. I remember our... Our prophet, or Zog. He'd gotten into the herbs heavy. I remember his eyes were blanked out. He looked like a wild man. I, 
remember everybody was concerned, but I didn't understand why. I remember he came out. Yakthildas, he said. Yeah, that was the name. Yakthildas, he said, will end you and everyone you love, and your bones will be forgotten on the frozen earth when he snuffs out the sun and sings the stars to darkness. He is the devourer and the destroyer of all things. That's that name. I remember now. Not sure it's a name we wish to keep repeating. Did he say, did he say when, it, when he was going to do all that? No, he did not. When he came back from the herbs, he wouldn't speak of it. He never said the name again. Huh, maybe we shouldn't. Hmm. You scared of a name? Not up till this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe we won't say it. So does anybody know why we can't say it? Does he just appear out of nowhere? Well, what do you think they were talking about? The evils against each other, or the darkness against the darkness? What did he say? The hero strikes after the evil fights the evil. Yeah, then they're both weak, right? Well, we shouldn't have had so much of that damn devil spit. I might have to go back there and just try to get more information again. It was a pretty good time. I arm wrestled the friggin' dragon. You almost won, I saw it. You almost did. Uh, he was playing with me. Everybody who's not in the cart, roll perception, please. 16. Oh, never mind. Oh, 16. 21, sucker. 25. What? I see your demon, sucker. Bring them all. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Actually, six. Six. Yeah, there's a moment where, as Grom is talking about arm wrestling dragons and whatnot, or Brax and Grom, you catch out of your peripheral title lore rolls her eyes hard once more and mutters something under her breath. Were we able to make it out? Or was I able to make it out? No. Noted. <laughs> Why are you tripping, boo? <laughs> <laughs> what was that about, love? What was what about? Oh, your little, your little look there. You've never looked at me like that. That was not a dragon. <laughs> Oh, he was totally right. You saw him beat me, right? And how what many you, drinks exactly, did you have in you? <laughs> what exactly are you saying, love? I'm saying when intoxicated, we are not as coordinated as we want to think. I'm like five times stronger when I've been drinking. You know that. Okay, honey. That was a dragon, right? You would know. <laughs> it was a dragon for sure. It's clear. Obviously, I attract dragons. Yeah. It's clear. I'm like a damn... Heat rock. Hmm, <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, man, I'm going to go forward. <laughs> right away. <laughs> Get up. He's a dragon. You know he's a dragon. All right, we have a dragon friend now. That's okay. That's pretty cool, I think. We just had to figure out how to get him to share his treasure with us. Yeah, dragons keep hordes, right? Don't act like you don't know. You talking to me? Yeah, you're oh, a dragon. Yeah, yeah, you? I got, yeah. Do you have a horde? Yes. Well, what, what do, do you, you horde? <laughs> do tell. That's for another time. Roll deception. Uh, look out and just <laughs> Roll see insight. this road stretch in front of us forever. <laughs> Into the desert we walk. Twelve. Seven. Oh, show me your treasure, dragon. <laughs> it's got like four marbles and a pop top. <laughs> All I got is 42 gold. Is that really that treasure to me? Well, we'll have to... Help you get more, dragon. Well, I appreciate that. 42, that's quite a bit. That's more than I got. 
Yeah, you like to spend all your gold. It goes fast. Yeah, potions and stuff. Um, this stuff is cool. I'll take out the firework wand and I'll shoot it off into the air. Our friend Letgain had a hoard. A small hoard. But he had a hoard. If I see you fall, we'll bury your hoard with you. Well, I appreciate that, but it'd probably be more useful if uh, you guys used it. That, I think that's what I would want if uh, if I had something and I can't use it anymore. I, I would want you know the people around me to keep using using my stuff. Especially if uh, we fall and you're still trying to fight Medlack, it'd probably better used in life than the afterlife. I mean, I you can want to just bury that. this perfect bow, would you? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Fair. You don't seem very dragony. I thought dragons were supposed to guard treasure. Well, yeah, that was about it, I thought. But I suppose since you're made out of gold, you don't care too much about it, eh? Just a little bit, because someone's got to be responsible with Brax around. He's spending all the gold. Well, there's an easy way to stop that. Once he spends it all, then we don't have to worry about it. You are correct. I like that plan. Just I'll just keep spinning it. I like it. We better go find you some more then, eh, Brax? You think... Oh, I don't... You think we're going to find gold out in this desert? I imagine Medlack's got some gold somewhere. Oh, I'm certain he probably does. I know he's got a lot of gems, and I plan to take them from him. Well, the red ones aren't very useless, though. I mean, they're kind of useless. Are they? They seem like they're exceptionally valuable. Just not sure to who. Medlock, of course. Well, if the gems take the souls of the things that touch them, well, then maybe we'll just travel around with a big old chest and let all the bandits try to take them. Clean it clear in the whole world of bandits? Why not? Like set up a trap for them? And then when they're full, we can sell them. So, when what's full? The rubies. It's <laughs> just how you're talking about pandering people's souls for money. <laughs> well, they don't have to necessarily be people. I'm sure there'll be some goblins and gnolls. All kinds of things want treasure. I'm not I'm not sure that I I, I want to do that. And if we come across anything that tells us how to work these, I don't think you should read it. <laughs> well, I can read now. I am working on it. Well, not when I'm driving. Well, I'm sure they've got something else of value. All I really want is a green gem. Or if you see one, I'd love to have it. Why, well, why is that? What are you going to do with a green one? Well, I've already got one green one. I think it'd make cool eyes in my club. Yeah, I guess. That's a very expensive eyes you got there. Yeah, sometimes it's fashion over function. All right. You don't ever make stuff, do you, Brax? Oh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, you can just you buy a bow and a string and dagger. You got, you ain't got to make that stuff. Well, if you were going to buy one, wouldn't you buy the coolest one you could find? Well, yeah. that's um, I'm getting that one lady to make me one. That's pretty cool. The same thing when you're making it. You got to make it as cool as you can. All right. Don't want to be saying, hey, look, I made this and it's dumb. That's, I, that's a fair point right there. I'll teach you how to make stuff. Yeah, well, I'll watch you. Uh, what are you going to use that dagger for? They're um, working on that club. Carving some more. And apparently, to take part this... Do you remember what she called this beastie? Oh, no, I don't at all. She asked me if I'd ever seen a, a praying mantis. You familiar with one of those? Well, we had seen the praying mantises, but it was just little bugs. They're only maybe, you know, uh, two inches tall. So this is just a giant bug? That'll be fun to kill. That looks like a fun fight. It looks scrappy. Just like you. It doesn't look like I should bite it. Oh, you do have some wisdom. <laughs> anyway, you seem pretty set on reading more of that book, darling. If 
you wanted, I, I do. could take over driving. I'll process that for a second with how she's been acting. I'll drive. <laughs> Suit yourself. I appreciate the offer, love. I sure hope he's all right back there. Do you think he took all of it? What did you tell him when he asked you? To take all of it. Then he probably did. Oh, that's not going to work out well. That was a lot. It'll help him sort it out. Well, we need him to get past the god he hates and get to the god he likes. <laughs> maybe we can figure out how to get help from one to kick the ass of the other. Or maybe we can get a squirrel to point us out that damn tooth. All right, on that note, we will address Mirabelner's situation. Game on, sucker. <laughs> Mirabelner, as you devour the herbs, you lay back. And at first you think, this is just a bunch of grass or leaves that yeah, I just ate tea leaves. But then it lands, and you are brought back to a very familiar situation, but from a very different perspective. A small serpentine dragon leans easily against the wall in a damp cavern. It stands upright on its hind legs, front legs folded as a humanoid might fold their arms. Its colorful gossamer butterfly wings move idly behind him. His long body barely exceeds two feet tall when fully erect, and his most notable attribute, an utterly enormous smile, has begun to show an uncharacteristic uncertainty. He's been here for a while now, long enough that he's beginning to wonder if he misjudged the location of the confrontation to come. He's about to give up and leave, when as if from nowhere there appears next to the tiny dragon a strikingly tall, magnificently beautiful, blue-haired fawn. The little long-bodied creature stares at her sudden appearance, but quickly collects himself, and as nonchalantly as he can muster, albeit unconvincingly, he says, Oh, you. I don't care about this. She glances down at him. Shut up, Skyak. Uh, yes, ma'am. He curtly replies, and his eyes contradict his perpetually presented perma-smile. A few awkward moments pass, and just before the dragon can put his foot in his mouth once more, their attention is drawn to a large amethyst dragonborn entering the cavern. The muscled figure moves with purpose past the two without so much as a glance. He strides forward, stopping at the water's edge. The two observers wait and watch the monk as he approaches the shoreline hesitantly. Moments pass, and then shadows near them begin to swirl, and eventually coalesce into something more substantial. A black-haired, black-eyed, mesmerizing creature, wreathed in shadow, greets them chipperly. Oh, wow, it looks like the gang's all here. Cielo, what in the... I don't even want to know. This is none of your business. Hello, Mother. It's good to see you, as always. The small dragon averts his eyes at this point and is awfully concerned with what is transpiring in any direction than the one that would necessitate eye contact with this newly arrived ethereal beauty. The blue fawn notices his posture and smirks before she says, Skyak? You remember Cielo? Uh-huh. Yep, sure do. Good to, uh, good to see you again. Cielo, with a bemused expression, says, Yes. Hello again, Nyar. The tiny creature's discomfort is palpable as he coughs out a few more pleasantries. The blue fawn, smirk still apparent, reaches out and touches her daughter's face affectionately, and her shadowy offspring shoots a conspiratorial wink at her mother as the two silently revel together in Nyar Skyak's awkwardness. Activity draws their attention back to the Amethyst Dragonborn. The water before the monk has begun to churn and roil, and the massive entity known as Kusodros begins to rise from the water. <laughs> That's uh, quite the melodramatic entrance. I know, right? 
The god slams a massive clawed hand into the ground in front of the monk. A myriad of tentacles emanating from the water flow around the amethyst dragonborn, almost seeming indecisive as to whether or not to take hold. The two stand regarding each other in silence, and after a moment, Nair inquires. <laughs> hey, uh, what's, with, uh, what's with all the eyes behind him? Do you guys see those? Kusodros, having drawn himself to his full height, addresses the monk standing on the shore. You have strayed, child. It is time to reset your path. And here comes the ultimatum. It is time to choose. Behold your distractions. And then two more mortal figures appear to either side of the dragonborn. One an elvish woman dressed in warrior's garb, the other an elven child simply clothed. The fighter looks concerned for the monk's well-being, and the child looks utterly terrified. The warrior says something to the monk, but the three observers can't quite make out the quiet words. Next, the little girl speaks faintly. Daddy, I'm scared. I don't like this. Oh, now that's just dirty. The blue fawn just stands staring hard daggers at the spectacle before them. And then the three turn their heads in unison to regard yet a new arrival. They see an outcropping of stone resembling a large craggy armchair that wasn't there just a moment ago. On it sits an entity with dark shoulder-length hair and a thick beard. His right eye is scarred, and while his frame isn't overtly muscular, it exudes an unquestionable strength. He sits seemingly dichotomously stoic, given the unfolding spectacle between Kusodros and the monk. In an almost ghostly fashion, a small child can be seen curled up on his lap, sleeping peacefully. Just to his right then stands a specter of a fierce-looking woman with long hair, holding a staff in her right hand while her left rests gently on the seated man's shoulder. She is dressed in a flowing skirt and a loose top clasped at her breasts, but spilling open to reveal a very pregnant belly. Even in specter form, the glow that accompanies any expectant mother is overtly evident. The seated figure reaches a hand back and gently places it atop his wife's hand and focuses on the dragon-esque deity's interaction. One look in his eyes, however, reveals the intensity of his interest. Who in the hell? Abriahim. Oh, wow. He usually doesn't get out much. <laughs> like a brie... Shh. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Nayar shoots a scowl up towards Cialo. Then, with a flurry of vicious motion, everyone's attention is dragged back to Kasodros. With a terrifying speed, his muscled arm flashes out and snatches the monk up off of the ground. The god now has the two elves held fast within the iron grip of his tentacles, the warrior by the neck and the girl by both arms. Do you see this? None of this matters. All is dross. You are mine. Now, young father, it is time to focus on what is important. However, I am not without benevolence. Exhibit your obedience, or they die. The monk's rising rage is palpable. Let them go. Your heart betrays you. Suddenly, in rapid succession, the elven warrior's head is effortlessly separated from her torso, and in a series of gut-wrenching screams, the poor elven child's arms are viciously torn from her torso. <gasps> That's messed up. The blue fawn accompanies her gasp by drawing her hands to her mouth. <laughs> wow, I heard this Kusodris guy was kind of a jerk, but oof. The dragon-esque deity lowers the monk back to the shore with a gentleness that epitomizes dichotomy, given the display of brutality just seconds prior. Ooh, the 
monk is mad. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? Looks like he's not the only one. Cielo nods her head towards the stoic arrival known as Ibrahim. The man is on his feet now, having passed the sleeping child to whom they assume to be his wife. It doesn't take the other three any effort to realize that the father figure is not pleased at the turn of events. They turn their attention back to Kusodros and the monk. If it had been the god's intent to utterly infuriate his follower, then he succeeded. With a whiplash-inducing movement, Kusodros snatches up the dragonborn once more, and after vehemently declaring, I said submit, violently hurls him back to the ground. That's... Uh, it's gonna leave a mark. The dragonborn claws his way out of the crater, staggering to his feet, and drawing upon an almost unearthly resolve, issues forth his innate breath weapon, laden with unimaginable rage and sadness, seeking to inflict as much force damage as possible. Quickly recovering from the attack, Kusodras draws his massive arm back for a claw strike. This isn't right. And with that, the blue fawn draws a short sword, glowing a vibrant blue which matches the tones of her hair perfectly, and with a quickness belying her size, sprints towards the conflict. Upon closing the distance, she swings her magical weapon fiercely, inflicting an enormous gash across Kusodra's chest, causing him to reel backwards, the wound glowing the same blue as her blade. The diminutive, in comparison, dragonborn manifests wings, and with a speed and force that surprises the onlookers, he launches toward the god. Flying up to head level, the monk unleashes a flurry of martial strikes. Then, with a great inhale, all those observing anticipate what's next. The pseudo-dragon unleashes his own breath weapon against his attacker. The amethyst monk tries to dodge out of the way. He manages to avoid the full brunt of the assault. However, enough of the attack connects, sending him spiraling back to the ground. Before the monk can fully regain his feet, he is assaulted by an onslaught of tentacles rushing forth from the water, seeking to envelop him. Again, the agile dragonborn manages to avoid several of the greedy tendrils, but eventually they prove to be overwhelming, and several secure themselves around his arms and torso. Get back from me, you heartless abomination! The black-haired shadow creature known as Cialo seethes as she begins to gesture, performing an incantation. As the spell gains power, shadows pour forth from her eyes, swirling all around her. At the culmination of the magic, shadows rush forth, encompassing the invasive tentacles attempting to grapple the monk. Their effect is immediate, the necrotic power causing the offending appendages to wither and retreat back into the water. Granted a reprieve from the entangling tentacles, the monk wastes no time in taking to the air once more. He delivers another breath attack of force energy, albeit this time the gusto behind it is pointedly meager. Unlike the first one where Kusodros was obviously hurt, this time the only evidence of any result is a look of utter annoyance. I will give you one last chance and great if you do. Oh, shut up, Nair Skyak says with exasperation. And with a dismissive wave of his hand, Kusodros' voice simply ceases, silenced by a sparkling cloud surrounding his head. Oh, he is mad. <laughs> For a third time, the bloodied and beaten dragonborn lashes out with his breath. At this point, the furious Kusodros obviously has had enough, and he rears back, opening his maw to reveal rows of razor-sharp teeth poised to devour his insolent follower. Briahim strides forth quickly, a short staff gripped in his left hand. The timing could not have been better executed. At the exact moment Kusodros lunges to end the rebellious monk with a devouring bite, the bearded man thrusts his staff forward with a power that stops the attacking god's momentum fast. The massive bite cannot close, 
for Abriahim's short staff is lodged firmly in the dragon-esque entity's powerful maw. Ooh, that is embarrassing. Oh man, and I thought he was mad before. The subdued god simply stares at the powerful man before him for what seems like an eternity, seething with pure, unadulterated rage. Finally, in an explosive motion that causes the three observers to start, Abriahim unleashes a right cross that blasts the subjugated god back into the water. The defeated god seethes for several more seconds before he speaks once more. This is not over. And then recedes back into the water. Yes, nice one, big dog. Nayar calls out to Abriahim. Shut up, Skyak. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Their attention turns to the bloody warrior monk. They aren't even sure how he's still alive, much less standing. The four regard him solemnly as he rises and stumbles to the decapitated body of the elven woman. He falls to his knees next to her, no doubt trying to discern the ontological truth of the situation. Cielo and the small dragon glance at the fawn, but neither one comments on the tear running down her cheek. Abriahim takes a step and kneels next to the distraught dragonborn and places a comforting hand on his back. If the monk feels the contact, he gives no indication. Peace, young one. This injustice is more than anyone should suffer. The broken warrior reaches out to touch his fallen companion. However, right before the monk makes contact, Abriahim easily gathers up the destroyed elf and rises to his feet. The three then look to the carnage that was the small elven girl and see that Abriahim's wife has gathered her up as well, dismembered arms and all. As she holds the elven girl's remains with one arm and cradles her sleeping child with the other, she looks to her husband and nods solemnly. He moves to her side and the onlookers can feel his love towards her as he nods back. And then after a long moment, the two visibly harden their resolve and proceed on a path that takes them past the three. As they pass, he pauses and clasps wrists with the blue fawn. The fact that his hand and wrist is covered in elven blood does not deter her in the slightest. The two lock eyes, and he says, Lowen, thank you. She contemplates the gravity of the situation for a moment, and not trusting herself to speak, simply nods solemnly. Still holding Lowen's grasp, he turns his gaze to the fawn's shadow-enveloped daughter. Cielo, thank you. Thank you, Abriahi. He regards Nair Skyak. Good job, Nair. Uh, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, ooh, uh, I mean, uh, you, you too? Uh, no, uh... Shut up, Nayar. Yes, ma'am. And with that, he turns back to Loan, and the two share one more solemn moment, after which he continues on past the three with his family, and the three turn back to the grieving monk. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see how this pans out. A few moments of silence pass, and the expected shut-up Skyak doesn't come. The small dragon turns to look at Loan, only to find that she too has departed. He glances up at Cielo to see her regarding him. The swirling shadows make it difficult to make out, but he thinks her eyes are watering. Oh, this did not make me smile. No, me either. I'll see you around, Nayar. Before he can respond, the enigmatic Cielo is also gone. <sighs> and at seeing the dragonborn monk has also departed, the little serpentine dragon walks to the water's edge, sits down on a rock, and proceeds to gaze into the water in contemplative silence. And with that, 
the psychedelic herbs start to wear off and you are brought back to reality when the drugs wear off is it semi-immediate or does it am i going to be groggy for a while given the nature of your hangover and the way that drugs hit differently sometimes once you reach the end of your drug-induced vision your eyes snap open and your sobriety is surprisingly valid with my knowledge of these things knowing that it would be close to time for him to come out of things I would like to be in the cart in the back with some water and some rags for him for when he sets up that's powerful medicine yeah whenever I thought it was close to him being time to come out I would want to be there for when he woke up it's about time for a big fella to be done I'm sure he'll be trying to make sorts can I have that flask I'll pass it over you want me to take over now Hey, and I want to look over and kind of just like catch eyes with you fellas. I'll be in the back for a few. All right, yeah. Good luck with that. Then I'll roll back there and just wait for him to come out. You snap back to reality. It wasn't a startling end. So you are reclined in a comfortable position and then your eyes open. There you are. I was hoping you were going to make it back. Hold the flask out to him. I'm just going to silently take it and drink from it. Sometimes they destroy you. Sometimes they create you. When you're ready, I'd be excited to hear about your journey. And on that, I'm going to clasp his, clasp my hand onto his gigantic boulder shoulder. And I'm going to get up and start making my way back up. Just before Grom leaves, I'm going to look at him and think, Wait. Hey, that'll sit back down. I'm looking at him. And I'm going to think, They're gone. I watched the gods take them. Grom takes in a big breath, finds a bit of focus, breathes it out slowly. Well, then we have some weapons to collect, don't we? Yeah. I've never scalped a god. I don't want him scalped. I want him crushed. Hey. Can I trust on your help? To kill anyone that stands in my way. I'll be there to die with you. And we'll take our pound of flesh when we do. Alright. And together, I suppose. I've licked the fire and danced in the ashes of every bridge I've ever burned. I'll fear no hell from your god. I don't think you'd have to fear him anyways. What I just saw proved to me that he's weak. Well, you did say you kicked his ass a bit. That brings me hope, but what a glorious death it'll be if that's where we go. Well, I had help. You'll have it again. Maybe I shouldn't tell my wife. Yeah, she'd come too. You think they're really gone then, eh? She was so young. What I saw was... It was back in that cave. There was... A little lizard like person they think they called him Nyar Skyak I think it was Brax's god I've heard Brax talking about that there was a a tall blue fawn a blue fawn you say yeah ironically it was the same blue fawn that took let game and then there was another girl there she was 
wreathed in shadows. She seemed to be the blue fawn's daughter. And then there was a man in a chair with what seemed to be a daughter on his lap and his wife by his side. And when Kasodros took the two, they all fought against him. And when I was left in the aftermath among the bodies, the man and his wife picked up the two and took them. And if the gods have taken them, then I guess I don't have much of a say in it. Well, we can at least take our pound of flesh. Yeah. These other entities, they were gods as well? They seem to be, as far as I can tell. I mean, I've heard Brax talk about Nyar Skyak off and on, so I know he for sure is a god. And I imagine if all these other beings were... They were all talking before... Kusodros arrived and they seem to be the only ones to have a real impact during the fight. Am I familiar with any of these? I roll knowledge religion. Uh, 21. Apparently your shamans were a little bit more educated than I thought. Can I also roll? Yes. Well, I've traveled to those lands a lot. I saw an eye roll over there, so that's probably not very high. 13. Yeah, this one's a little tough because I'm kind of going back to what has been introduced to the story through lacking and whatnot. And I feel like Grom has a solid knowledge on the gods that pertain to his people. You've heard the shamans talk about Yakthildust. You've heard the shamans talk about this, that, and the other. With the 21, I will go ahead and say that I've heard some speculation about fey people and how they can be perceived as gods. And, Grom, you've heard the shamans come back and talk about their travels to other lands, and they bring back stories of these people's gods. With the 21, I will go ahead and say that you have heard the name Abriahim as the god of family and home. Mirmelnir, you've heard that name before, but you dismissed it because it was a religion class that was... Not something that you were too terribly interested in. Yeah, I kind of figure most of my religious knowledge will pertain to the god I grew up following. Yeah, it's very much zealotry. I imagine I would have caught bits like, oh, he fought with this and this. Mm-hmm. And he had this disagreement. With There's a name that. passing here and there. But in terms of the names Lowen and Cialo, those don't quite land. You know Nyarskayak because of your dealings with Brax, both of you. Abriahim. I know that name. He actually seemed to be the one who subdued him when he was going down, almost as if to devour me. Stuck his staff out, jammed it in his mouth, and with a ferocious punch, he had sent him back to the depths. Hey. He was the god of family, of hearth, and of home. Few things are more powerful. I wonder if I'd be able to contact him now that I no longer have any semblance of a family. I also no longer call his name. Now I'm just a slayer with no family. Maybe you are too. (laughs) Ha! 
Uh, but you don't even have any armor to take off. Never needed any. You know, I've taken the oath of the Slayer to seek the most glorious death in combat I could. But the more I've traveled with you all, I guess the more I recognize that family isn't necessarily my blood. Or my tribe is... Looks different than I'd ever thought. <laughs> Scaled one. Maybe family's what we make of it. Maybe we kill this gods of yours. And call to Abriahim once again. Alright. I'll get you some food. Clasp my hand on your shoulder. And then I'll get up to start digging through our stuff. And just leave you to think and process. As you ride, the trees of the forest begin to thin. And eventually give way to land significantly more barren. The sudden switch in biomes strikes you as strange, but only mildly so. Eventually you reach a defined tree line. You can see a veritable desert sprawling out before you. The arid land does afford you an unobstructed view to the crimson peaks off to the distance, and there you easily see one mountain tinted a slight bluish hue as compared to those surrounding it. It is easy to assume that this is the earthen-woven lilac of which you learned from Syntix, or Bookie, or Reedy, however you want to define it, at the Wee Giant. As you take in the vista and contemplate distances and logistics, you notice an intense thunderstorm brewing just south of your destination. You can't immediately tell which direction it's moving, but you know that is your destination. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast, a Peace in the Chaos production. Bedlam Social Hour is Peyton Palmer as Mirmolnir, Mark McGrath as Brax Rome, Carrie Dennis as Tidalore, Matt Wagner as Valriel Tezexen, Percy Steele as Grom the Toothy, and myself as everyone else. Please check out our link tree in the show notes for our social media connections, and please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you once again for listening, and as always, work hard and be kind. I don't have any money in either one of these worlds, so it's fine by me. <laughs> so. Hey, in both of them, it's just a rich wife that takes care of me. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, sugar mama? Apparently, I have a type. <laughs>